0: This week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast is brought to you by Tony's, the creator of the amazing speaker box toy, the Tony box that comes fully equipped with little figurines that have songs and stories. You can have your Disney princess pack. You can get the Lion King. You can get even blank creative Tonys to create your own stories and your own songs and just harness that creativity with your child. Log on to Tonies.us right now. That is T-O-N-I-E-S dot U-S and put in the promo code PARTNER15 and get 15% off your purchase of any Tony product and tell them
1: that Dad Hard sent you. Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so, so full. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops? bought onto your new shoes and leave you with hose in your socks our city slickers there was no water in spots so we'd head to the corner mr. Warner would not off the what knob uh we were welcome 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 all my
0: do future fathers potential parents and everyone else tuning in this is Dad hard with a podcast and as always i am your host mo green hopefully we are almost out of quarantine. There is light at the end of the tunnel, at least I hope. I uh, hope everyone out there that wants to is able to get vaccinated. Um, I have, I just had my second shot last week, and I am just over the moon with the little bit of. Excess freedom that I now can feel moving through this earth. Um, so I hope everybody out there that wants to is able to do it. I want to send my uh, thoughts and 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 prayers over to. Um, Uh, My colleagues and friends over in India, I know they are dealing with a massive spike uh, where numbers are actually creeping up higher than ever before. Uh, At my job, there are about three or four people that have contracted the virus in the last week and and are very, very sick. Um, So I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to them. I want to also um, congratulate the... City of Minnesota for for Minneapolis for finally getting it right and putting Derek Chauvin behind bars for the murder of George Floyd. That verdict came out yesterday and it was just a ball of emotion for me, uh, specifically in regards to thinking about the future of the world that my daughter will grow up in. Um, I, I know that the world that I grew up in was not that much different from the world that my father and his family grew up in being black men and women uh, and and hopefully this is a step in the right direction so that my daughter will not have to deal with as much of that situation as I am uh, or I have throughout my life um, and my dad and his family and predecessors before him have in their life uh, it was a very emotional day so it is perfect that This episode, episode 65 of Dead Hard with a Podcast, is also going to get extremely emotional. uh, Not having anything to do with Black Lives Matter or race or anything like that, but specifically with... Two different generations of fatherhood. Um, I, I speak this week. It, this is going to be a full guest episode. But I speak this week to my my buddy, one of my best friends on the planet since I was eleven years old, Xander Master, about a project project that he is doing called Unburying My Father, where he is trying to reconnect with his father who passed away when he was four to when Xander was fourteen, um, and Xander is now on the road in about 5 6 weeks away from being a father himself so making that reconnection with his dad uh was extremely important for him going into his own fatherhood experience it is a i've seen previews of it he shared it with me uh it is phenomenal the way that he's put this whole thing together uh his dad was a awesome and unbelievable human being Inside and out uh, that dealt with a lot of uh, a lot of ailments throughout his life. That one of which that inevitably took his life at such early at such an early age, uh, especially early in his children's life. Uh, Xander and his brother were 14 and 17 when their their dad passed. Uh, And I I do think it's important uh, to have this connection with a fatherly presence in your life. As you are embarking on a fatherhood experience yourself. Now, I know that I had a fractured relation or my relationship with my dad was fractured in a massive way, pretty much right as I was leading into my fatherhood experience. And I know how difficult it's been for me to navigate that experience without having that fatherly figure in my life. Different From me, mine is still living and breathing. Xander's is not. So it's an even more difficult position for him to be in. And that led us to this conversation that we're going to have on the episode today. It is unbelievable. It is extremely emotional. I cried. He cried. I laughed. He laughed. I shot the shit. He shot the shit. We Learn things about each other in this conversation after almost 30 years, 25 years of friendship that we never knew about each other. And and we now have gotten closer since having this conversation. And and that is an unbelievable part about doing this podcast and talking to dads that are my friends, even those that are not my friends. It is an unbelievable experience and opportunity to learn about people in a different light. Because once you are entered into this fatherhood experience, it, it is a whole new world to get to get into. Um, as probably most of you that are in it right now know. So with no further ado, I'm going to stop speaking on my own. You will hear enough of me speaking in the conversation, I'm sure. So I would like to welcome probably one of the most special guests that I've had on the show. Number one, because of the subject matter that we're going to talk about, but number two, because he's one of my best friends on the planet. I've known him since I was 11 years old. We've grown up together. He is doing an amazing project, kind of reconnecting and rediscovering his father who he lost at a young age and i'm super excited for this because from what he's told me about this project it it seems so incredible and such a great experience to go through because he's also about to be a father himself and so with no further ado like i said introducing one of my best friends on the planet you have heard him in the group episode that we did for thanksgiving he is a father to be welcome to the podcast mr Xander masser how are you
2: wow thank you for that incredible
0: introduction. <laughs> dude you I'm deserve right. it this is going to be awesome i was so excited when you hit me up to to do this and had the idea for this pot for for this interview and this conversation i'm really excited for it so every word was absolutely true but how are you doing how's canada treating you what's going on I'm
2: doing well man you know i'm I'm busy I've got a lot going on all at the same time you know I, I've got this project which obviously we're gonna get into and work and you know preparing for this baby we've got a baby coming in less than seven weeks wow. and it's our first and it's a daughter so we're so excited and ready but you know, all the regular nerves that come along with that. Are you getting nervous? Yeah, I, I'm definitely nervous. And, you know, be, because of the project I'm working on, it's also like a highly emotional time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into w- what it all means in terms of my own journey into fatherhood. But, yeah, it's it's been really quite a whirlwind of the last couple of weeks. You know, just combining this project with preparing for a kid and all the other regular life stuff, but it's all good, man. Every, everything's good. I'm in a really good place. I, I think I'm in, I'm in a better place than I've ever been.
0: That's awesome. You you sound cool. great, and you also look like you're in a better place. And that's probably because you look a lot like your brother right now. As so I'm looking through this this Google Meet video. Who some uh, people say look like you. Which is exactly you're, my point. it's complimenting yourself? Exact Amundo. That is exactly my point. Um, but no, like you, you just like, look, you have like a, like an energy in your smile and in your face that like looks like you're happy and in a really good place. And that's awesome because I've seen you in in bad places and it's so, so much better to see my friends in good places than bad places. And I'm happy to do this. And with that said, you know, one of the bad places that I've seen you be is when we were about what, 13, 14 and you lost your father. And that's what this project is all about because what you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what what you've done is you've gone back to write a book about your dad and kind of in the realm of kind of getting to know him again. How has that experience been? What is the experience been? You alluded to the fact that it's been a really emotional time and I'm sure it's been even more emotional than that. But how has this process been, and where did you come up with the idea to go back and, and put this together?
2: Yeah, those are really great, great questions. just compiled uh, like four I, on top I, so, of one another
0: uh, for you, so I apologize. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's great. Maybe I'll go back a few years. So for those who don't know me, my dad was a professional photographer. And he he photographed from like the mid-70s until the day he died. So he died on January 6, 2000. What? He was born with a rare bleeding disorder. It's called hemophilia. Yeah. And in the mid-70s, the, the treatment uh, that was used to treat hemophilia was tainted with HIV. So he contracted HIV along with 10,000 other people in the United States. It was a preventable event. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to go into detail now, but in the book, I do. Mm-hmm. So, if people are curious, you know, I I, I don't, there are people who have researched this and written articles and books about it. I'm just contributing to the story and making and and raising some awareness about it because it's a really important part of our history and. And there's a lot of parallels drawn to our current pandemic. That being said, let me go back to the beginning. So my dad died in 2000 and, you know, we grew up with his photographs all over our house, you know, not just of us, but his artistic photographs too. And it was just ever present. The guy never, ever didn't have a camera around his neck.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I cannot picture him without it. Yeah. And, and, and it's cool. It's it's just a, such a cool image to have. And so a few years ago, my brother and I before my mom sold our house, we went into the basement and we were like, "Let's see what Dad left behind you know we, we were like we had this idea that we wanted to share his photography because right. we 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 loved it and we just wanted to share it sure and we went into the basement just to see what was there and, was that and was that we,
0: you go, go, going down in the basement was that sparked by any particular like happening that just kind of caused you to Want to reconnect at that time?
2: Not, not really. It's just we were just talking about it. Like it was just kind of we had talked about it a few times, and you know this this process has been slow going.
1: Sure, you
2: know in years and years, it's honestly hard to believe that I've even come. This far. There was nothing in particular other than the idea that we thought, let, let's go see what's there. And, and w- with the, the concept of just sharing his photography somehow. Sure. There was no, you know, book, whatever, nothing. Just let's see. And we went down into the basement and we literally unburied. We unburied many things that he left behind old cameras, prints that he signed and edited, sheets of negatives. Wow. And we found about 10,000 slides.
1: Wow.
2: And so it was pretty incredible. And we started to go through them just like literally holding them up to the light. You know, like they, they, they weren't digitized. A lot of them were not ever printed. Some of them were. And even just doing that was like a pretty, just, it was a really cool kind of magical experience just holding these sheets of negatives up to the light. And we're, you know, we're seeing... The things my dad saw, yeah. the things that he, the things that he wanted to capture, and, and it was just so cool. And so we we thought th- there's a couple of reasons why the next few steps happened. First of all, we got a few of them digitized professionally, just to we, we thought okay, maybe just an maybe just archiving his photos would be helpful to like get this thing started. So we got some of them digitized, not, not a huge amount. And, and that was really cool just to like have some on the computer and we like set up a little way just to, you know, probably that no one's ever been to, but (laughs) still, and we just kind of like explained who he was and put a few photos up. And, you know, as, as we were going through the photos, we realized two things. One, if we wanted to share his photos, well, it's hard to share the art of someone that nobody knows. Right.
1: Sure. Absolutely.
2: And and we thought, you know, well, maybe we could tell our dad's story. It's, 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 it's not a common story that, that people know about. It's not commonly told. And then we realized that we didn't even really know his story. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, You know, like we knew some stuff, you know, my dad died two weeks after I turned 14 our brother had just turned 17 and we, we knew him, but not at all from an adult perspective. Sure. You know, we knew him as kids and, you know, we didn't really have adult conversations with him.
1: Sure. And
2: so one of the next steps that happened was that I created a list of questions well, okay. that I wanted to know about my dad. And, and I created a list of people, the list of People was really family, friends, colleagues, anyone that that could have known him from all parts of his life. Yeah. The whole spectrum from childhood to death. And what and I reached out by email, phone, however I could communicate. And what I asked people to share was not descriptions of my dad. I asked them to share stories.
1: Great.
2: I know my dad was funny. I know my dad was kind. Yeah, I know he was creative. I want to make those decisions for myself by hearing the stories about him.
1: Sure, okay.
2: and I know the power of storytelling. Sure, and man, I received a lot, a lot of of incredible stuff. Really, it just really started piling in, and I'm so appreciative because people really dug in. They 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 told the funny, they told the sad, they told stories about. Using drugs and drinking and
1: anything, you know,
2: his, his introduction to photography, to finding out he had HIV, to, you know, being in and out of the hospital as a kid, which he was. And the vast majority of this stuff, I didn't know. Yeah. And how many people, how many
0: people did you talk to altogether for, for the whole project?
2: Maybe between 30 and 40 people. Wow. Something like that. Wow. Wow. so I collected all of the stories, right? Yeah. I have like 80 pages of just raw material. And at the same time, uh, a family member of mine loaned me a digital, uh, a slide scanner. Oh. And this pandemic, a large bulk of this project has occurred during this pandemic sure. because I've been allotted more time because there's nothing else to do.
0: I mean, and there's and, also, like you mentioned before, there's also the connection to what happened to him that it's similar yeah. or, or what or what he was a victim of that's similar to what's been going on for this last year
2: yeah and very hard for me to ignore like I, I think about it almost on the daily the, yeah. the parallel between the AIDS crisis and and our current pandemic anyway last summer I personally scanned every one of his slides Wow so it was close to 10,000 and I created a digital and physical archive Wow and from there, I've just been like, I, I've gone through every photo and I've gone, I've probably read every story 200 times at this point, you know, I'm over a thousand hours into the project. And, and what that means is that I've collected all the stories, edited them and put them in a, an order that makes sense chronologically. And so the book tells my dad's story. My voice is narrating the book. Mm-hmm but my dad's story is told by the people that knew him
1: yeah. and,
2: and as they're telling it, I'm learning it. It's the story of me learning about him. Yeah. The The interesting thing is that what I've learned and how I've felt about my dad has also progressed as I've gotten deeper and deeper into this project. How so? So in the beginning, it was like, it, it started off as his art mm-hmm. and I, and I just grew this deep appreciation for his artwork. I think his photography is really unique. You know, I'm not like a photographer or a photography buff, but I've never seen photography that looks like his. And he had an ability to capture, he, he captured emotions.
0: Really well, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's just incredible. I know you've seen a few of the I photos. Have, and,
0: and that's one thing that I definitely noticed, which will lead into to something else that I want to talk about as far as the project, because I'm sure it was very emotional, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, continue.
2: Well, one of the 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 most creative part of this project, I think for me, like in terms of my participation, has been matching the stories that people told to his photos. And so when you read the book, you'll see a story told by somebody and then a photo that in my opinion matches the emotion or the, the spirit of that story.
1: Interesting. And
2: that has, that was just like such an incredibly beautiful part of the process for me. And it, it really made me feel like I was working with my dad because I, as I read a story, like, you know, there's such great detail that I, I felt like I was in the room, you know, I'm in the room watching watching this story about my dad unfold. And at the same time, I'm working with his art and his photography and I'm, I'm realizing how much of his life and his kind of lived experience informed his photography. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be a, a story about, you know, something that happened at a swimming pool or something when he was a kid. And then I'm triggered because I've seen the photos so many times. There's like this set of like old people at a swimming pool. And like, you know, I don't know if he consciously made that connection, but I have to believe that, you know, whatever art we all create is informed by our lives, right? Absolutely. And, and photography is a very concrete example of that. And and I just thought that was a cool aspect of, of this project. Was, Did you find yourself... Here's a story... Sorry, sorry, I don't want to
0: interrupt, but just because you said that and used that example, did you find yourself kind of you ever, like, feeling like you were think- thinking like your dad was thinking? And obviously that's, like, a weird question to ask, because obviously, like, how do you know? But, like, you know, when you do something like this that that getting that gets emotional, right, and you get into the weeds on something where you're going back through somebody that you're connected to, but... You know, for you, I mean, it's been a long time since you've been physically connected to him. You know what I mean? Did did you ever, like, going through these things, feel one specific time or specific times where you just, like, felt such synergy with his energy that you really felt like you were thinking like him? It, like, in that moment and, like, putting these connections together in the way that he probably would or may have like was that ever something that was actively going on in your in your did you ever have like that type of a moment because that's kind of the first thing that i thought about when you were telling that story about putting those you know the story about a pool together with the the picture of the pool you know what i mean did you ever have those feelings that you guys were just like in sync
2: Yeah. I mean, I think to a certain extent, yes. I think some of it has been like somewhat subconscious and just like, I don't know how to explain this, but I I do feel like as I'm going through the photos, I'm thinking like maybe what what of this set would my dad choose to put in the book? Or like, I, I find myself kind of I don't, honestly, I don't know how to answer your question, but I know, but I know that the answer is yes, because I feel like I, I truly feel and I said this in the video and the Kickstarter that I'm collaborating with him when I'm doing right. this. Right. I felt that every time. And so, you know, you mentioned talking about the emotional part of this. It, it's been highly emotional. And so when I add that component into it that's that that's the part that makes me feel really really close to him and like that he's with me and kind of he's kind of informing my decisions and yeah I don't know if that answers your question no but... I was
0: like uh, you answered the question that I wanted to ask and I, the way that I asked it was probably not the best but I think you ultimately answered what I what I wanted to get at and that was that like you did have this on uh, like this overarching connection and and, and sense of collaboration with your dad even though he wasn't actually there with you do yeah. you th- because it's your dad did and it still happen and the timing when you happen to really get into the weeds with it obviously it, co- it coincided with a pandemic but it also happened to coincide with the fact that you're also about to be a dad and i know it's difficult being a dad not really having a dad around well not really in my case but really in your case you know did, did that influence the the process or desire to remake that connection because i know without that fatherly guidance it's hard to start walking this path as a father did, did was that any part of the inspiration or was it kind of st- or or part of the inspiration to want to k- reconnect with him on that type of a level did did that have anything to do with you being about to be a new dad
2: i would say not initially but as the process has unfolded absolutely it has it has definitely lit a bit of a fire for me to to become even more active and and really get this project going. You know, it, it 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 in some ways. I feel like I needed to get to know my dad, to understand him. Maybe not get to know him, but to understand him as a person, in order to fully be myself.
0: I get that that is a. Beautifully spoken statement. I, I, because uh, absolutely, absolutely, I, I can imagine that that would be the case.
2: I can't be the best dad that I want to be unless I unless I understand myself. And and I've you know I've been on ever since my dad died. I've been on ever everlasting ongoing search within myself to understand me. You know, in, in a sense, I was talking to Katie, my wife, about this. Katie, and she was saying that in some ways that doing this project is is filling is filling holes yeah in your life yeah or you could say filling a void yeah the interesting thing is that you know i've spent a really long time searching within i i've i've grieved alone honestly for for a really long time i'm starting to get emotional at the moment so i'm gonna take a breath
1: no, um, no problem all good man
2: what this project has allowed me to do, or what I allowed me to realize what I needed to do was to to reach out, yeah, and not within and And that has to do with reaching out to my dad's people and his family. And you know, I, I've gone through a decent amount of therapy, bereavement groups, both you know, forced into it when I was after he died and on my own volition. And the idea of, of life and, and learning about the person you lost life has been totally lost on me and no one ever asked me. And, and that, that to me is, that, that's a big part of this. And I, and I feel like anyone who's in grief should, you know, in addition to processing what the loss means, they should process on what the life means too. And that, that, that has happened with me after all these years, man, it's, that's what's happened.
0: It's, so I'm actually now starting to get emotional too, because when you're talking about this, not the same thing, but I'm thinking about my relationship with my uncle, who I lost last year, who I was extremely close to.
2: I remember, I remember.
0: And it's, it's weird that you say that because I never thought about it like that and after he passed away my aunt was amazing enough to to not only give me a lot of his stuff but she gave me all these uh, he was a writer a music writer and he gave she gave me all these articles that he wrote and articles that were written about him and biographies that he did about my grandfather in in an attempt for him to do exactly what you're doing for yourself now. Because he was never close with my grandfather growing up. And he wrote these stories about him. He did countless biographies on my grandfather after he passed away. To, to get that connection to himself. From his, from his own father also. So it, it's. I, I apologize. I went off on a complete tangent there. But as you were saying that. It was getting me. It was, it was making me very emotional. I'm thinking about the, the, the dozen articles that I have. Right next to me in my bedside table. Of my uncles uh, uh stuff that he wrote and i was just looking at him the other day getting back to you because that is what makes more sense here H- how did you make it through that emotional side was that like extremely therapeutic was it extremely difficult did you know d- did you go down roads and paths emotionally and in, in, in finding this connection that like you didn't like going down? Did it re- make you unearth things about yourself that that gave you d- did give you a better understanding?
2: Yeah, I, I've got a maybe fairly long answer. Um, sure. And it's something I want to come back to. what We were talking about before. But but to initially answer, like, I, I've spent a lot of days on this project, like a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And
2: I've cried every day.
0: Yeah. Good cries, bad cries, both
2: the whole, any, any kind of cry that exists, man. And I just want to say that that's not normal for me. Yeah, I know that, you know, it's just not. And,
0: but maybe it is. And and that's what you're unearthing.
2: It is, man. like, I'm really learning to sit with, with some sadness and just be okay with it and just let it out and and like that, that is really an important thing that I've learned. But I, I want to talk a little bit too about. So I was talking about how each step of this process has kind of allowed me to understand my dad a little more. Sure. In different ways. And so I talked about the artistic side. When I started receiving the stories, some of the things I felt and remembered about my dad, or a lot of them were 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 validated and confirmed. Like my dad was a universally loved human being. He, he touched a lot of people's lives. And, and I think there's a lot of people like that out in the world. But there's something about my dad that was special. He connected really deeply with a lot of people.
0: Which is amazing. And, and
2: he, was, he was a real force and a real presence in people's lives. And I remember him like that. I also then went into kind of another phase and you know, these phases are dynamic. They come in and out of each other. As I learned more about his illness and his sickness and what my mom went through to be a caregiver for him made me feel really sad for him and for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, his body took a fucking beating But he was, he he remained so positive. And so people, people remember him as someone who brought joy and positivity, like almost relentlessly. And so that was interesting for me to hear. And and I, and I rolled with that for quite, quite a while through this project. And then somewhat recently, as I was, I've been writing my postscript for the book, I found myself writing something that I didn't even know I felt as I was, the words were coming out of my fingertips and I felt anger towards my dad for the first time ever in my life.
0: For what? For what reason?
2: I I realized that the anger came out of something that no one said, which is that he didn't tell anyone about his struggle. Mm. And he wasn't open about the hard things that he went through. And, I know my dad was a resilient man and a really positive, joyful man. But you can't have that much hardship and not have some struggle like, you know, internally, mental health wise. Of course. And so my I, my anger comes from the fact that I just wish that he had talked to me and my brother a little more about it.
0: Do you think that he was trying to protect you guys from knowing? I mean, you guys are 14 and 17. Yeah.
1: Of you course. Know.
2: And yeah, absolutely. But I know from my own experience and from my experience of being a healthcare professional with some mental health training that we need to talk about the hard stuff also. Of course. that The hard stuff and the good stuff are not mutually exclusive. 100%. And I, and my dad was not equipped. His parents didn't talk about it. and You know, like they, they were very private with that kind of stuff. And my dad was too. And the anger is, it, it's not, I'm not like raging with anger. It's more just like, I, th- I feel that, and, and this is going to tie into the, my future as a father, but my parents had a lot of reasons why they didn't talk to us about it. And most of them are really valid. They, they, my mom was a caregiver and she cared for my dad. She did. And you'll read in the book. And these are things I learned from this book. These are things I didn't know her sacrifices for my dad were were things that are unimaginable the way that she took care of him and my family. and, And I have, such a deep respect for my mom for what she did for us. And I also feel that if we had talked more openly as a family, I would have been a little more equipped to deal with my dad's loss. Because they told us he was sick when I was about 10. They told us he had AIDS. And then we never talked about it again. And then he died. And then I was expected to talk about it. (laughs) And so... That that's that that just came out of me like literally last week. Wow. And so I've had this spectrum of different feelings and emotions towards myself, my dad, my mom, my whole family. But but it's good. Like this, these these are good things. Like I I want to see my dad for who he was as a whole person, not an idealized version. You Where's know. It? And so that. To me, it, you know, what I'm going to do with that is is as I move forward into fatherhood is to, you know, it is to talk to my children about, you know, I hope, I hope upon all hopes that myself and Katie don't have to go through what my dad and my mom did. of course, And I'll never be able to understand that difficulty ever. And I can't say if I was in their shoes that I would have just talked to my kids about it. But... I want Something to make very conscience. different
0: then. They were also very different then. You know what I mean? The the world was not as open of a place.
2: A hundred percent. You're you're a hundred percent right. There's so many reasons.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, and there was stigma too. There so was course, stigma so of, of even being open about having HIV. Of course. There's a lot of reasons why to not talk about it, and I and I understand. I just want to. I just want to know for myself that my kid I can be open with my children even about the hard stuff and and adapt conversations for them
0: yeah so that you know yeah i i think that's i mean I think that's a big that's a big void that gets left when you don't have a parent in your life as you're about to go into to parenting specifically if you're a dad and don't have your your dad i mean I'm sure it's just as difficult if you don't have a mom but you know there's a there's a thing about being a Dad, that you you do need that male type of guidance by, and I understand the uh, the anger that that comes with understand like that the, the finding out things of, about why he didn't didn't speak to you or why things happened the way that they did or why that you you even have to go through this project in order to get to to know him in a better way. Countless reasons why that was the case, fine, but I understand I understand the anger. And and I guess the anger also comes with finding out the full story about the whole person, like you said, right? Because there isn't just we, we tend to remember things being good, right? We we remember the best in people. I mean, especially people like you and you and me, we always look for the best in people, try to give people the benefit of the doubt, positive people, etc. So, you know, when you lose somebody like that. Or somebody like that goes out of your life—that's such an—that's uh, in in that father fathership capacity. You don't want to see the negative of it and remember the negative. But when you find out, or maybe you didn't know about the 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 the, the bad. But when you find out about it, it does get angry. When you find out that about your parent as a full person, and I know this from experience, there is a lot of anger that that goes into that. You know whether they're living and breathing in my case, or you know, not living and breathing, and you have to do this type of a project to to get to know that. I understand that anger and it's valid anger that you have.
2: I just want to make one more point about it. And and I don't want to, you know, we don't have to focus too much on the anger because sure. there's a lot of love in the project. Course, but but it's
0: important also.
2: It's mostly love. You know, it, it comes from a place of being viewed as somebody who needs to be protected and who can't handle something that's difficult. Interesting. And I I never was presented with the option. Yeah. And I don't know, I was young, but I think that there's a way to speak to children. And, and so that, that's the perception that I've had is that, and this is in reflection. I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that thought I was that age, but it's, it's, it's the feeling of, of, being someone who needs protection, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't know if I needed that.
0: Yeah. you
2: know What I mean?
0: Of course. I I mean, yes, I I do. I do understand that. And I do it in reflection that that, you know, it makes sense that, that that would be something that you would be thinking, but I don't know. You can't, you can't think that, that you need that now, that that's still the same person that you are now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Of
2: course not, but I'm thinking about it in terms of my own children.
0: Got gotcha. you. Sure, got it. I got it. And
2: I'm thinking, okay, if I have some difficult information that I need to share, you know, like not everything needs to be shared with kids, but in my household, like you know, we had there was an illness, there was an infectious disease and a terminal illness yeah. in my house, and <laughs> we yeah. didn't talk about it. So it, it's it's tough. Yeah, you know. It's tough, but yeah, you know, these, these are really valuable lessons that I'm going to take with me. And, and, you know, such a beautiful part of this and a really important part of this is that I want my kid's grandfather, my dad to be in her life. Yeah. And this book is going to be a really amazing way to share that life with her. Yeah. She'll know him and she'll know his work and his photography and his story and, you know, that's going to be there forever. And, and I feel really, really good about that because all the anger aside, I I, I love my dad and I miss him. And to know that he'll, his story will live on my bookshelf and I can look at it with my kids anytime I want, is that's that's really <laughs> pretty amazing to me.
0: It's an amazing thing to to be able to do. You know what I mean? Because a lot of a lot of people wouldn't do that, and a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do that because they don't have those photographs and or those connections that were made with such a special person to be able to to have that. So it's a very, I mean, it's an extremely special thing that you're able to going to be able to do that. Speaking of, of of having this to to share with your kids and and shifting a little bit to you becoming a dad, do you think that you've become more confident in your fatherhood preparedness or or you know getting acclimated to the fact that you're about to be a dad do you feel more confident in that space because you now have this connection or reconnection with your own dad that's also extremely recent right is you know if you said you're less than 7 weeks out from having a kid you're like just you're you're in the thick of of this project now do you do you feel any different about your prospective fatherhood experience because you've had this reconnection with your dad?
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. As far as the confidence goes, I
0: mean, maybe confidence is the right word, but I, you know, the, the I mean, air I can of be
2: really prepared for this. Although I do have some unrelated experience as a as a nanny, so I know <laughs> how to change diapers and stuff. But yeah, I I, I do. I I think. I think every bit of this process has informed me as a human being and me as a human being is about to become a father and it's, it's going to translate. I know that it is. And you know, it's, it's going to translate in terms of my, you know, how I communicate with my children. You know, I, I'm a creative person already and I get a lot of that from my dad and I really want to make space for creativity for my kids too you know sure i want to put whatever tools they want and and let them see what they make and and i know i I know you're similar yeah and and i i see that already with you and your kid
1: sure of course i I think
2: it's really important that we let our kids create in whatever way they want and and i learned i really learned that lesson from my dad
0: did he did he he ever did he harness that creativity in you actively when he was alive
2: I mean, he was just always—he was always creating. He was always taking photos. He was always like, developing, editing, setting up shoots. Sometimes I'd help him out, and it was just like him and, and photography or Yeah. It just he couldn't operate them. And you know, I, I, I'm kind of similar with music. I mean, this project is not musical, and it's my first non-musical endeavor. But I've definitely think that I've taken that from him a bit and and I want to, you know, I hope that my children are similar. I'm not going to push things on them they don't want to do, but yeah. But, you know, I I know I know that you're I don't is it okay if I turn the
0: tables a little bit? Oh, please, I love getting the tables turned.
2: Okay, cuz cuz I know you're a creative person too yes. and we've even, you know, we've made music together of many course.
0: times.
1: Of course.
2: But I was thinking I was thinking about some similarities that you and I have. And one of those things is that you and I both have this background in music and you and I have both taken on creative projects recently, yours being this podcast that are not music related. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought about, I said, I, I know Mo, there's a lot of reasons why Mo is doing this podcast I know that he identified a gap in information for dads. I know that he goes hard in whatever he does and being a dad is one of them. But I wanted to, to think a little deeper about it. And I, and I wanted to know maybe if there was another reason why you're doing this podcast and if it had anything to do with your relationship with your dad, because that's what's happening with me. And I thought, I wonder if that's what's happening with Mo.
0: It's a million percent spot on, right on the head. And that's why, I, like, that's why when, when we're talking, I keep coming back to this idea of filling this, filling this fatherhood void, being, you know, a, being instrumental in wanting to do this project from your side, because it was very instrumental in, Deciding to do this project and continuing to do this project because there is a significant void in, you know, I mean, nobody knows what they're doing going into being a parent. But when you have literally zero guidance from the fatherhood side going into it, you feel even more inadequate. And I think that, wow, you know, listen, I hope I'm a good father and I hope I'm doing things right. And I love my fucking kid more than I could ever imagine feeling about anything. You know, the, the my love and affection for her is more extreme than anything I could ever imagine experiencing in my life. There's still a void there because I feel like I'm still inadequate because there's always pieces missing. And uh, because I don't get that from, from my dad. He's uh, different from yours. He is alive. He is well. He is breathing, although that was almost not the case last june when he was very sick from covid which actually enabled me to reconnect with him during so similar to you i also started reconnecting with my dad a little bit you know probably not even close to the extent that you have and yours is not even here anymore but yes this is this is 100% to help me try to fill that void that i don't get from any real fatherhood guidance because of our fractured relationship, and that's why I talk to dads every week to try to to try to figure out this thing for myself yeah. because I do you feel know, like I'm on my own.
2: It's interesting because I, you know, I know your dad, and and I only know him from my view, and especially from being a young kid, and it, you know, I always loved him, and he, he's he's like you know such a hilarious, fun guy. And so I, I felt really sad about that, and I and I didn't know that there, you know, you and him were having any kind of, you know, issues in your relationship. I, I just had no clue, and, and I I I felt really sad about it at your wedding, and I don't know your guys' story, but yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know if you would be willing to share any.
0: No, I, listen, a lot of it is. Uh... I don't know. Uh, it's sometimes I go back and forth in my head, and the actual as I t- if I tell the story of like why our relationship got fractured because you've known we've known each other since you know we were u- under ten years old. You know what I mean? Playing around in fucking Craig's d- d- treehouse in Chapqua. You know what I mean? Uh, before I even showed up a day at camp, and me and my dad were always close. You know what I mean? You you always said your 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 dad was synonymous with the camera. You're you were always synonymous with music. Me and my dad were always synonymous with each other. You know what I mean, and sure. and totally... which is which is insane, and and people still can't believe that our relationship has become what it is, or lack thereof, is is what it is because of that. And in telling the story, it's uh, the story seems really stupid because it had to. It all it it all was uh, happened because he was dating some woman that didn't get an invite to my wedding, and similar to how you found out this other side of your dad which caused this anger in you i found out another side of my dad that i never knew was there and that was a side that was extremely vindictive and vile and mean and mean spirited which is not something that ever he would be ever be synonymous with from you know what you know from what i knew etc <laughs> and it was and it was towards me for okay. a reason as small as you know that could have been that could have been avoided with an adult conversation right so again similar to you this anger that that bred bred itself and and contempt towards my father happened because he wasn't able to have an adult conversation with me also right. leaving me to feel that i was somebody that needed to be taken care of? So I understand exactly what you're you're you're, you're saying because he yeah. couldn't have a real conversation with me because I don't know what did he think I couldn't handle it? Did he think that could he not handle it? Who knows? You know what I mean? He refuses to even like address it anymore. You know, but but
2: just just to quickly interject, likely the answer is that he couldn't handle
0: it. But I agree, hundred percent.
2: I'm just gonna throw that out. I
0: there. agree. I agree, hundred percent. And you know, I I. I I think that yes, sure. And and there are other you know, I whatever. I could go on for hours about like what I think about that, but 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 it was it was the aftermath of what took place. The reason the the reason it started the fire, right? The kindling for the fire is so stupid. And it's it's you you tell I tell the story and I'm even telling it to you right now and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever because it all happened because I didn't invite his girlfriend to the wedding. If I knew that all this would have happened because of that. You know what I mean? I, then fuck it. I would have, you know, come to the fucking wedding. I don't, you know, just stay away from my fucking mom. But no, if I'd known, it would have changed everything. But really what fractured the relationship is him showing these true colors of himself that, and this anger and just meanness and aggression towards, towards me for something that didn't have to go down like that. And it hurt, it Dander it fucking shook me to my core and smashed my heart into pieces, and because of that feeling is why I don't have a relationship with with my dad. Is because I, and I've tried over and over again to try to reconnect. Specifically, Solution. when I was having my daughter, and it was the same. It was this. It was that same mean spirited, nasty person that came out every time.
2: Can I ask you a question based on your knowledge of Ed? Is there anything in his life, from his past or his upbringing, that would explain some of his behavior? Uh,
0: absolutely, yeah. because all learned everything is learned behavior, right? You know what I mean. And and that's what and that's why I feel such this crazy void in my fatherhood maturation because. I see how his childhood went and how that's affected him to now affected my relationship with him. and so, what was that does,
2: does knowing some of that allow you to empathize with him at all?
0: It does and it does. and I've gotten to the point where I'm not angry and you know I'm not angry at him. I'm yeah. I actually feel bad for him because he's actually unable to he's physically unable emotionally physically maturatively if that's even a fucking word he's unable to apologize and he's unable to see that 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 he that there was any wrongdoing on his end which makes it difficult for me to forgive him all the way and bring him back into my life all the way so he's at an arm's distance but i can't open myself up to be shattered like that again. I know what it did the first time and I can't, with Aurora in the picture, I can't be in that state again. At least not now. I'm not ready for it now.
2: So how does how does this all inform your relationship with your daughter?
0: I actually learned more from my dad about being a dad than anybody else because I learned exactly what not to do. It has taught me the kind of father that I that I want to be in, really wanting like you to be able to be open and and not put a wall between myself and her that she can't talk to me about anything that I can't talk to her about anything. You know, it doesn't have to be these big grandiose conversations. I just want it to. I want there to be this free flowing conversation always this level of comfortability always it doesn't matter whatever the whatever the hell it is you know what i mean i i I, and i only hope that i can achieve that because i know how much it hurts to not be able to have that Especially, I mean, as a, an adult now, you know what I mean, and, and that's the and that's just the biggest thing. It, it's it, it's about more. Fatherhood's about more than showing up to basketball games and coaching so, soccer teams. There's a lot more yeah. to it than that. And I'm learning as I've been a father, obviously leaning on my mom a lot more for parenting experiential advice or guidance. Yeah. And I learn even more about a lot of the stuff that he didn't really. Do that is meaningful as a parent, you know what I mean? I think that the
2: the idea that we have the power to change that, you know that that line of I don't know either behavior or or, or just thinking in, in our families to know that we can change that that that's a really powerful feeling. Yeah, I don't know if you feel that, but I, I really feel like you know just having having the agency to to change that for my own household is is really empowering
0: it's a, it's a it's a beautiful thing about being being a father and being a parent is that you can do whatever the fuck you want you know what i mean like at the end of the day you know, I had my I had my buddy from college who was an Olympic wrestler, and he said it, and it resonates with me all the time. I said, "Well, you know, what's your favorite?" I asked because at the end of every at, at the end of every interview, I asked you know two questions, one of which is, "What's your favorite experience about being a dad?" or favorite thing. And his literal word for word response was the fact that I can create whatever type of human that I want. Like that's my favorite thing about it to a certain extent. Well, yeah, sure, exact, yes, of course, obviously. You know, yeah. but but you know we as a parent you have the power and responsibility yes. to completely shape a human being. And that it's a scary thing to think about, right? Because you think about all of the the ancestral stuff that goes on, that, that goes on, you know? Where did your father learn his experiences from? Because you're learning what? your experiences from him as a dad. Where did he learn his experiences from? Where did his dad learn his experiences from? Because it just keeps getting fucking passed down a lot of the times. And it's, and and I think that in the past, past generations, they didn't think like like what you just said, right? They didn't think that they had the power to change the course of of, of history. It was just kind of, let's keep rolling with the punches here. Cause it's working. Yeah. It's not broke. Don't fix it. You know, you
2: can change our family's legacies. 100%. I mean, it, It's quite amazing.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true.
2: It's, I think we're going to make really good people.
0: I hope so. I hope so. I struggle. I, 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 str- I do struggle with that all the time. I'm just like, I struggle with the fact, like what type of dad do I want to be at different phases of her life? You know what I mean? Like, I know that when she get like, cause the, the, the the hard part for me is where she is now like i know that i'm gonna be like fine when she's like eight nine ten and like she can get into sports and we can actually like talk and like watch stuff and you know what i mean we can like actually play things together this is you know we don't like i don't like we don't like play together like i sit there and like hang out with her while she plays and like you know give give and take you know this like feed into whatever she's doing but this is the, so that this is the hard part now when you can't do all of that you know Let
1: me
2: ask you another question do you have moments in your fatherhood where you maybe you're not sure what to do have a question and and you think you have an instinct to either ask your dad or you wish you could but you don't or d- does that happen for you
0: so it's going to sound so fucked up, it's, and it's really, it's really upsetting to to say. But I don't even think about my dad when, in terms of fatherhood, in terms of what I'm doing. Never crossed my mind, never, not even an inkling of w- wanting to reach out to him about anything. So I reach out to Chase.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great that you have so much other support,
0: you know. Yeah, no, I, I but but it's not even something that crossed my mind, because okay. yeah, I, I, and for for better or for worse for whatever reason that is, doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. I wish it did, you know, but.
2: Well, like in my own experience, like, and obviously our, our experiences are very different.
1: Sure. Um,
2: but, you know, every time I have like a life milestone, it, it just like, all like, you know, like getting married. is like the most joyous day of my life. And like, that level of joy is is met with a similar level of sadness and loss yeah. all the time. And, and, and that's tough, you know, I mean, it, it, makes, it makes every happy moment just, you know, there's a little of pain there. And, you know, one of my biggest fears in becoming a dad, is this sadness I'm going to feel, you know, when my daughter's born, I, I know that I'm going to feel so much joy and my head is going to go there. It always does.
0: But you've, you've never had that experience since doing this project.
2: That's true. But, and it's okay, by the way, that, <laughs> that I'm going to, you know, the closer I feel to my dad, it's it been more, you yeah. know, it really does. But it, but I, I'm okay with it, you know? Like, it's 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 a good thing yeah. that I have this deep connection with them. But that's something that goes through my mind as I'm preparing for fatherhood, you know? Do you... Even like being in that hospital and just thinking, fuck. You, you know, know what?
0: I, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's the one time that it happened with me, is when I was in, yeah. in in the hospital for it to, about to be happening, you know, seeing her when she first came out was unbelievable. And then I, like, as everybody was coming in to see her and, and everybody comes in one by one, right? At least, at least for me, each individual per, like the parents could be there. So like myself and, and my wife were were there and then each of our guests came in one at a time. They could only be one other person in, in the recovery room with us. So like first was like my wife's, I think was, was my wife's mom, then my mom, then then my wife's brother, then his now fiance, then my wife's dad. And then it was, that was it. And I was like, there should be somebody else. And, you know, that was the, that was the first time that, that it was, uh, that was a really, that was a really difficult thing. But then again, I just FaceTime Chase and it was all good. (laughs) So no, I actually think I, I ended up being inclined to FaceTime one of my best friend from high school who was really close with my dad and and i actually he he grew up without a, he grew up without a father and my dad kind of played that pseudo dad role for him and at that moment i was inclined to facetime him and talk to him in lieu of of having my dad i i mentioned it very harshly that like i learned more about it being a father from what not to do did you, other than having these, you know, having these difficult conversations or having real conversations with your your kids, is there anything else specifically that you found that you don't necessarily want to emulate that your dad did in, in getting to know him a little bit better in this capacity?
2: If we're talking about things I don't want to do, It's I don't want to be private. I don't want to feel like my kids can't handle certain things. You know, not all kids can handle all information. Of course. But but i think most almost all kids can handle information that's adapted to them yeah. and uh, other than that man i want to be a lot like my dad that's great and i think yeah
0: that's awesome i mean you in learning more about him from the little snippets that i that that you shared with me from from the book i, I mean i felt like i You know, again, I was also, I I obviously didn't know him for 14 years like you did. I really only knew your dad for three years and only really from visiting days and stuff like that. But, but from, but from that and from you talking about him, you know, I know him through your relationship with him mostly. I, it was awesome to read and awesome to talk to you about this because I feel like I actually know him a little bit better now. And I've only read, what, like nine pages or something like that that you, that that you sent. you know, like, but, but it. But in, it is really deep the way that you've put this thing together, and it's really, it's really visual, but also I don't know how to I don't know the right word to use. It's a beautiful blend of, of a visual, visualiz- visualization of not of him, but of what he saw, and of what his, his thought process was, right? How he saw things like you mentioned, and the accompanying stories about him right to that that which is what you wanted to accomplish in this in putting both of those two things together so you really do understand him as a person while also being able to love the beauty of his artwork and hear these awesome stories about how he affected other people and how close he was with other people and how much people cared about him I think it's a really awesome project that you're doing this and I really appreciate that you reached out to me to to talk about it because I feel like I'm able to now be closer with you in having this kind of open conversation about just everything about the person you are and about the person he was and how it links with what you're feeling about fatherhood. I I feel like we're now going to be a lot closer, which is awesome because – We've now kind of had a, that difficult conversation with each other. You know what I mean? You've been able to share that at least with me. You know what I mean? And I'm sure all you know a lot of other people will listen to it. And, and hopefully those that you also want to share that with will feel the same way. You know?
2: For sure, man. And I, I want to reiterate, and, and I just said this before, but, you know, it, it's like 90% or more. I want to be exactly like my dad. <laughs> you know? It's great. I hope that comes across. Yeah.
1: The
2: the anger part is a realization I had, but the love is much more powerful. Of course. And,
0: it always is. And,
2: yeah and he he was really a, a remarkable
0: human being man this has been this has been really awesome and and i'm really happy that we did this i'm really happy that you reached out to want to do this and want to share because i know it's something that you don't know that you don't often do it is not the norm for you so i'm very appreciative and i love that you that you did this and, and that we could do it together before i let you go as usual, I do ask two questions of every of every guest that I have on and I'm going to throw them to you with a little bit of a twist on them, specifically because of your project, right? Especially the second one. So the first one is is I mean as an as an oncoming dad, what are you most excited about looking forward to, highly emotional about, you know, use that use use this question as kind of your playground to kind of off whatever your your top level feelings are about becoming a dad?
2: Damn. <laughs> I think, you know, my immediate reaction to that question is, and, and this actually comes out of spending way more time with kids recent, like in recent times with nephews, the feeling of like, of, of the simplicity and, and simple joys that children experience and like, and, and like, I've like shared a lot of moments like that with kids and like you have to be so present with, with kids, even, even my nephews. And so I can only imagine how present I have to be. And I will be with my daughter and, and just like reliving in some weird way, you know, whatever it is, what it's like to be a child is like, that I'm really excited about
0: that. It's funny that that's what you say because I just experienced the best moment like that today with Aurora, and I knew exactly like I as we were setting this up, right, setting the scene for this, and then I'll get into what actually happened. But as we were setting the scene for this, I looked at I looked at Natalie and looked at my wife, and I said, "This is exact. She's gonna she. This is exactly what's gonna happen. Like I already knew how it was gonna play out from knowing her, and so basically." She really loves the movie Moana, okay? And I talk about it on this podcast, right, that she can't pronounce The the, the Rock's character in Moana. And I really love The Rock, so I also love Moana. And so The the Rock's character in the movie is named Maui, and his song, his main song's called You're Welcome. Aurora can't pronounce either one, so she just calls them both Malcolm, right? And so we got her this Moana set of, like, little figurines And her favorite was Malcolm, right? (laughs) Right. And, and we lost him. (laughs) And she, he had for weeks, weeks, we had no idea where she, where he was. She keeps asking for him, like, where's Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm? Like, constantly. And every time she took out all the other ones and where's Malcolm, Malcolm? And Natalie just thought that they swore up and down. Like, I let her take it out of the house and I'm the reason that it got lost. We're moving. Right? So we're packing up stuff in our house. Nat pulls out a bag from under our bed, and what pops out is this Maui figurine while Rora's taking a nap. So we set it up on the coffee table to show her when she comes. And her experiencing, seeing this... (laughs) I've never seen somebody so happy in my entire life. She yeah. she was so surprised and happy and freaking out and then she wouldn't let it go for the next 4 hours. It would but so those little joys
2: like it's getting you pumped up about nothing. Nothing.
0: It's, it's amazing. She saw it. She said, oh, 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 oh come! And like ran over to it and grabbed it, and then made us play "You're Welcome" four times in a row. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So that no, so that's a really that's a really fantastic one, and it's an awesome experience to see them go through, all, uh, like just walking her down the street and having her like point out a tree, another tree, another tree, another tree. Another tree! It's just, it's, it, it, that, you're, you're right on point. That's one of the awesomest things ever. I'm really into that experience right now because it's happening a lot lately. The second question that I'm going to ask you, I normally ask people what's the best piece of advice that they've got about being a dad, right? I'm going to take it one step deeper with you because of this project. And maybe there's not an answer. If there's not an answer, then I will switch the question back up and re-ask it. But getting to know your dad with this project What is the, I can't say best piece of advice, obviously, but what is the core, if there was, what is the core thing about him that you have learned as far as being a dad that you maybe want to emulate most? Think about doing the project. What is the one thing, is there one thing that you've learned from him about Being a dad, you want to take into that experience. I guess I should say.
2: About being a dad,
0: well, just one thing that you've learned from him that you want to take in to your fatherhood experience. I guess I should say.
2: That's a tough one. There's kind of two, maybe two answers. My dad was kind of known to by by a lot of his friends as being like really noticing things. For example, like one person told a story about how they were sitting in traffic on a bridge trying to like get to a baseball game or something. They were late and everyone was pissed off. And, and, you know, my dad just like was not paying attention to the conversation. And he just like pointed out the, the, the light that the sun was making like on the bridge or whatever. And, and he, he just told his friends to look at it. And like, I think, I think my dad had a lot of, had an ability to appreciate very like simple scenes and simple parts of life. And it really comes across in his photography too, because he, he, he captured such incredibly simple everyday scenes, candid scenes that you would walk by in in New York city and never think to look at ever. And he he, create, he he made that into art. And so I think just like being present. And, you know, a, another part of that too is my dad, because he, he had a physical disability. He moved through the world very slowly. He had a limp and he was the slowest walker in the world. And, <laughs> and I actually am a slow walker because of that. Because I used That's to like to walk next to him. And it slowing down has made me just notice things more and to be more present. Interesting. And and, and, and I really think that I take that from him. So I, I would take that as a piece of life advice indirectly that I want to just model for, for my children. The second thing is that my dad was just an absolutely hilarious dude and, and humor and comedy and just being funny is like the most important thing in the world you know like i'm yeah. talking like having all these conversations about sadness and death and anger but like in reality like you know me like i, I love to laugh of course like all we do is laugh yes. and like my dad was like that and and he he just he was a, a funny dude he loved to be funny he loves to joke around and i know my kids are gonna be like that, that too yeah yeah
0: That's great. I think it's fantastic that you, that the way that those two answers mirrored each other from, from, you know, the, 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 what you're looking forward to in the experience and then what you're taking from your dad is all, is all about being, is all about being present. I I think that that's, I think that's super interesting and it's, and it's really important because it is a piece of advice that, that I also have gotten on this on this show, actually from Jake Herbert, the Olympic wrestler. That was his biggest piece of advice, was to take pictures and be present. So basically, I guess, to be your dad. This is awesome, man. I'm very excited for you to have your kid. What I'm really interested to do is to have you back after, you know, whatever, however many months you you want when, you, when you're into it, and re-spark this conversation in regards to your dad and actually being in the thick of fatherhood, because I'm interested to see how doing this project does affect you in, in being a dad. I'm I'm really interested to see how how that does, because I think that it, I know I asked if you think it gave you more confidence, but I feel that you feel, I'm feeling from you that you feel better and more complete. And that's important in going into, into this new thing. You know what I mean?
2: Man, I'll be happy to come back anytime.
0: Sick. But before before I do let you go, Unbearing My Father" is the is the title of the book. You did yeah. just start a Kickstarter for it to raise money and to fund the production and the publishing of it. So, how yeah. can people k- connect on that? How can people learn more about the project and and contribute to the Kickstarter if they want to do that?
2: Yeah. So the Kickstarter is live. It- It ends on April 29th. I'm actually quite close to reaching my goal. I'd like for people to know that the goal I set is basically the bare minimum to get the book made and get it out to people who, who, you know, pre-order it via the Kickstarter. I definitely need to raise more money in terms of, you know, once the book is out, doing publicity, distribution, you know, getting it out into the world. It, it really self-publishing is is an expen- expensive endeavor, and it, oh. and it takes a lot of work. So I'm super pumped to be so close to the goal, and I'm hoping to raise more to actually, you know, spread it further throughout the world. But to support it now, the best way is probably to just Google Unburying my father Kickstarter. I could read the actual address, but it's kind I'll of long. Sh-
0: I'll, sh- I'll share the I'll share the link in the in in show notes. Okay.
2: And so depending on how much money people contribute, they can get a copy of the book. They can get a copy of the book and one of my dad's prints. And then if people are interested, what I'm doing over the course of the 30 days of the campaign on my Facebook and Instagram is about every other day I'm posting something just about the process of making the book.
0: Which has been really awesome, by the way. That's been, I meant to actually tell you that before we started recording, that stuff has been really, really cool.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. It's It's been interesting because I'm not like a, like a poster it's typically on social media, but now I'm using it and I'm enjoying it. And it's, it's quite a powerful tool. Yeah, And it's, it's really actually been a really fun part of this is to share that with people so they can follow me. It's just like my personal page. So Xander Master on Facebook, Durs World 02 or 02 on Instagram. If they want to learn more about okay. what, what this project is, what it means to me, how I've done it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to chatting, talking, whoever, whoever's curious and you know, I want to thank you for having me on here, man. It's, It's really been an awesome conversation. Yeah,
0: I agree. It's been, it's been great. It's been really, I told you from the jump that it was that I definitely foresaw it being very emotional. It was very, but it was awesome in getting all of that out. And it's great to see this, this, more open side side of you in general. You know what I mean? And I'm very excited for you. And I think it's an awesome thing to be doing in general with the loss of a, of a, of a father or a parent. I think it's important to have that connection, you know, uh, especially when you lose them so young, like you did. And especially in going into the parenting process, I think that's an important connection to have. And I love that you're going to keep your father present in your daughter's life even with him not being in the physical world. I'm very proud of you for doing it. I know how much work it's been. I know how many tears and, and how and how emotional it's been for you, both good and bad. And, and I, I, I'm really excited to get my copy. I love you to pieces. And I'm very proud and excited for you.
2: Love you too, buddy.
0: Amen. I'll talk to you very soon, dude. All
2: right.
0: Later. and that is all for this week's episode of dad hard with a podcast as always to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com follow us on instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com and more importantly than all that if you enjoyed the conversation and just the experience have respect and and appreciation for the experience that that my buddy Xander just shared. Def, definitely go on to Kickstarter and and donate to to his project. I've seen a few of the pages and a, a little bit of a preview leading into to doing this conversation. It's a really beautiful thing, and I think that the project itself is is important and. So definitely go on to Kickstarter and support Xander and his book, Unburying My Father. I will put those links in the show notes so you guys can get direct access to it. But that's all for us. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. We're out. Peace.
1: Back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains. I cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when me and just a kid was fun. Right, right. right. Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah. Wish you could go back, being a little kid again, man. Yes, I do. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Uh, Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking.